Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Who we are in Christ. The reason why things, certain things happen to certain people in certain ways is due to lack of spiritual identity. Proper spiritual identity. Now, um, the demon in Acts chapter 19 verse 11 that was said to the, 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 the demon possessed man who the sons of Sceva were trying to cast out of that man, the demons responded to him, uh, to them, and said that, uh, Paul, I know, he said, they tried from 12 downwards, they tried, to, they tried to cast that devil in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And the spirits answered and said, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? See, who you are and who you know yourself to be in the realm of the spirit matters. It matters very much. What you don't know is your undoing. I heard a preacher say this recently and I found it quite interesting that, and he told the congregation, some of you, if, if, if you are a Christian and a witch comes to kill your child, you must be ashamed of yourself. Think about it. A Christian, and you become a victim of witchcraft. Why should that be? Why should that be? He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven. So when it comes to spiritual matters, we have an upper hand. He's blessed us. Now, most people suffer unnecessarily under the influence and the and the threats of hell because of lack of a proper uh, lack of proper spiritual identity. So who you are in Christ matters. Don't just focus on the necessity for spiritual growth because you know what I discovered? Spiritual maturity, it is not rectification of behavior. I've said this over and over again and I'm saying it. Spiritual maturity is not, I used to steal, now I don't steal. Spiritual maturity is not, I used to lie and now I don't lie. Spiritual maturity is not, I used not to go to church, now I go to church almost every time. Spiritual maturity is not, I used to have three girlfriends together besides my wife, now two are gone. I'm left with one. Spiritual maturity is not, I, 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 used to, I, used to, I used to smoke and smoke so much, uh, several packets a day. Now I've reduced it to just three sticks a day. <laughs> Spiritual maturity is not rectification of behavior. So I used to do this, I don't do that anymore. That is not spiritual maturity. Do you know why? Because we are not born again based on what you do. We are born again based on life that is introduced and infused and mingled with our spirits. God mingles his spirits with our spirits. That's what makes you born again. So it's not got to do with what you did. I said the other time, in Christianity, in other religions, it is about do. So you have to do. You have to do this. But in Christianity, it's done. So you don't necessarily have to do anything. You come and be. 
You just walk into it and you are. You, so it, you must understand who you are in Christ. You see? So spiritual maturity is not rectification of behavior, but it is progressive recognition, recognition of identity or recognition of self in Christ. You recognize who you have been made in Christ. Who God has made you in Christ. Say in Christ. It's all is in Christ. Okay, so anything outside of Christ, count it out of God. Anything outside of Christ out is not part of what God is doing. Because the Bible says, I like this, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. In him. In Colossians this morning, my Bible reading, when I was doing my private studies, I was reading Colossians chapter 1, and it talks about how Christ, Christ, Bible says, in, in him do all things consist. Everything consists. So anything outside of him, of him, count it out. It's not God. It's not God. Anything you can't find in Christ, God is not with it. So when they are telling you, oh, it's not about Christ, it's just a, then they are telling you, God, you are, you are, you are, you are, the devil is trying to tell you or suggest to you to keep God out. If you keep Christ out, God said, I'm out. Because the only way you can discover God is through Christ. Bible said, he is the immediate expression of the Father. In Colossians, he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all. One more time. The I wanted you to read it with your loudest of voices. Okay, is that okay? Let's do it again because you see, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word. Bible says that the woman said to herself, what are you saying? Come on, shut up. I feel, I feel the anointing here this morning. I feel the anointing here this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you ready to read it? Let's read it, Allah. Let's go. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. He is. He is the image of the God you cannot see. The God people are saying that where is he? If there is God. If there is God. He is the image. Of the invisible God. And the firstborn over all creation. And the next verse says that, For by him all things were created, that are in heaven, that are on earth. Watch this. Visible. There are some things that have been created that you can't see. You. They are there. Some of you are not married. Your miracle marriage has already been created. Is there? Visible and invisible. Created is there. That's what I was saying about faith. It's a faith is the substance of things. So the evidence of things not seen. Because there are some things you can't see, but they are there. They are there. They are there. They are there. That's why the scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. Because it's not only the things you see that are created. There are things that are created which you can't see. They are there. And pretty soon, if you walk by faith, they will show up. They will show up. And people will be asking you, how are you so confident to know that? You tell, you tell them, not me, I know it was coming. So it's, 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 it's manifestation is not a surprise to me. It will be a surprise to people, but not to me. Because you have already been working in the reality. Bible says that for by him are all things created, visible and visible. Whether thrones or dominion or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. 
go to the next verse i like the next verse watch this verse 17 and be and he is before all things and in him all did you see that in him what everything if you take away christ you have taken away all if you take away christ there's nothing left for you my sister and so spiritual maturity is progressive recognition of self in christ the more you know who you are in christ the more you are growing because pretty soon situations will ask you jesus i know paul i know but you who are you and you will tell them i am the righteousness of god in christ (laughs) somebody say hallelujah you see when you know who you are they can't bully you they can't bully you who are you in christ that's the issue who are you in christ your will i keep saying your willpower is good but it's not strong enough if you haven't discovered that keep living you realize that the willpower is not strong enough who you know yourself to be your identity makes a huge difference if you are a woman and you have self-confidence it doesn't matter which man walks out of your life you look at him and just laugh (laughs) but if you don't have self-confidence someone who doesn't have any any focus in life and the reckless comes in your life and they say oh please do you love me do you you love me and the man said no 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 let me think about it oh please you go and think about it and tell me what if you don't know who you are you sell yourself cheap say identity the devil will continue to bully you as long as you don't know who you are in christ and as a christian your greatest asset is not what you have physically your greatest asset as a christian is your understanding of yourself in christ that is your greatest asset who are you in christ that is your greatest asset it puts you on the pedestal of the spiritual frequency that brings testimonies so even if it happens that you fall into sin you can shake yourself and stand again and tell the devil come bring it on I heard that, that, that you hear the lady's testimony said now when she feels like she's going to be sick or something she said okay bring it on bring it on and when you tell the devil bring it on he begins to back up because he knows who you are spiritual maturity is necessary let me say so everybody says spiritual maturity. spiritual maturity it's necessary it's good for your health and safety it doesn't matter how much powerful men of god pray for you if you don't take the responsibility of your spiritual maturity you will always be a victim of spiritual circumstances and a victim of life even though you have been created to be a victor bible says thanks be to god who always gives us the victory to christ many people do things because they don't know who they are they are not mature i want to talk about um spiritual maturity in acts chapter 20 verse 35 verse 32 i like the way paul puts it in Acts 20 verse 32 he says that so now brethren I commend you to God and to the word of what his grace say the word of his grace say the word of his grace and then he gave two significant characteristics of the word of his grace the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified or who are saved so 
If the word of God doesn't have access into your life, your growth and your building up, your fortification will be in question. Say, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Everyone. See, watch. I I like this one. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If the word says that be able to build you up. All right. Um. So if you don't, if we don't need building up, the Bible wouldn't say that you'll be built up. Uh, you are born again, yes. But that's the entry point. That's right. Someone needs to grow. Someone needs to be built up. You may look very skinny on the outside or smallish on the outside, but in the ins- inside, you, you have fat bones. Fat spiritually. When you take a step, it's like a giant has taken a step. And demons back off when they see you coming. You see, a man of authority doesn't always have to use his authority. You realize that? Even an army general, when he's asleep, people must be awake. <laughs> to keep guard on him. Because he's an army general. When he's asleep, and even when he's asleep, he's still an army, army commander. He can wake up and give instructions. He can wake up out of his dream and say, take that one. Because that's how, how much authority. If you are speeding, you are doing 50 miles on a 30 mile uh, 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 speed limit road or 30 mile road, you are, and you see the police around. <laughs> Maybe they haven't seen you, and you see them, what would you do? <laughs> you will come back to 25. <laughs> or you are speeding, and you see a speed camera which is faulty. You didn't even know it was faulty. <laughs> Guess what you will do? You will slow down significantly. So a man of authority does not even have to always use the authority. What am I trying to suggest? You can go to places and demons will be running away. You haven't said anything. You can meet people, shake their hands, and sicknesses drop out of your body without you praying. Because you are an embodiment of spiritual authority. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like Hebrews. Hebrews. For the Lord is good and his mercies endures forever. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. <laughs> this is serious. I wonder if I can even finish reading this one verse. Can you, can you imagine what is in the Bible? Together. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Are you ready? Let's go. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Amen. Though, even that word, though, could know something. It's like we are working together, going somewhere, and I've gotten somewhere. I know you were walking very fast. I thought you were behind me. So I just jumped on the tube and closed only to realize that you are not being entered the station. <laughs> For though by this time you have been with me in the tube, you are still out there. For though that means that there, there, under normal and usual circumstances, you should be here. It's, it's, you know, it's, rather the opposite is surprising. So then if you are not here, it's a, it's a problem. By this time, it's a no, by this time. After being in church for one month, by this time. After being in church for six months, by this time. After being in church for a year, by this time. Stop the 
telling me I've I mean, been in church for a very long time. I'm 20 years in church. What is what is your what are you what have you got to show for by this time? To be teachers. And this is where it's going. Mm. You ought to. So mature people teach. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I am matured. I've finished maturing. Now, I'm not saying if you are mature, then you come and stand in front and teach. I'll show you what, what the teaching is about. I mentioned earlier on identity. It has to do with identity. Showing other believers their identity in Christ, helping them to discover. Watch this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, so though you ought, you should be. You should be. You need someone to teach. Watch this. There's something, there's a word there some of you might have not noticed yet. You need someone to teach you, and the key word there is again. He said. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk. Hey. Most people come to church. <laughs> Spiritually speaking. And they come and sit down. <laughs> After a long time of being a Christian, every time you have milk. <laughs> and guess what? Have you seen the characteristics of people who are milk, the, ch- the children? Normally they have something down to. What? Pampers! <laughs> and you are walking in church. <laughs> I didn't say that. The Bible said you are still on milk. You see the Bible? So by this time you should, you should have grown out of the milk. You still need milk. Milk! Milk! You look very sophisticated outside, but spiritually. <laughs> big feeding bottles. I'm telling you, praise God. It's a serious, serious situation. There are major characteristics of childishness. There is a difference between childishness and childlikeness. Childlikeness is positive. Childishness is negative. Jesus actually asks and joins us to be like children when it comes to matters of trust in God. Have you seen a baby being fed by the mother? And the baby said, oh, I don't trust this milk. Did you, did you put something inside it? <laughs> Anything you take. That's the childlikeness of your faith in God. If God said it, then just like a child, just trust Him. Just like you see here, my mom's testimony. God said, start the school. Start the school. And she knew that it's not possible. And she wasted about almost two years. But it got to a time, she decided, okay, I'm going to comply with God. That's childlikeness. All right? But when it comes to childishness, it's a whole different ballgame. Childishness is negative. Childishness is when you are not growing. 
Bible says in the book of Luke, I think chapter 10, verse 20 or 20, verse 10, somewhere there, probably 2010. Bible says that when a soul, a sinner converts and gets born again, angels in heaven rejoices. Just like when a child is born, everybody is happy. But after three years, four years, five years, ten years, and this child is still on milk and pampas and is still the same, not growing, people become acutely concerned. Bible says that in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 he said grow in godliness 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 he said grow but grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be glory for now and forevermore in other translations there's a place he spoke about grow in godliness but grow in the knowledge grow 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 hey listen to this spiritual growth is the responsibility of the believer not the responsibility of any other person, but your personal responsibility as a believer. So it says that though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. You see, it's okay to be taught. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. It's okay to be taught. You, you see, the very moment you stop learning, you start dying. All right. So you have to always learn. And you have to be taught to learn. Right? But then, what you are being taught is the issue. So the, the problem there is what you need to be taught again. And he said taught again the elementary principles. So everybody must have the grace. When you get born again, you must actually know who you are in Christ. Know who you are. Know who you are. Know who you are. That's what makes the whole difference, all the difference. Knowing who you are. No church can grow above the pastor's spiritual growth. You didn't hear what I said. Yeah. No church. The church can never grow above the leader's spiritual growth. So the rate at which the leader grows, that's how the church will also grow. It is necessary. Listen, you have to take full responsibility for your spiritual growth. I'm going to show you. First of all, I'm going to show you how you will grow and then how I'm going to be talking about our identity in Christ and take it wrong. Last scripture possibly I want to quote because of time is Ephesians chapter 4. Are you ready for this? In Ephesians chapter 4, a very interesting text. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Right from verse 13. Thank you, Jesus. There is a lady here you've been having for the past 10 days, having some serious issues, gynecological issues, and it's becoming a bother for you. As I'm teaching, the Lord is speaking to my heart. You are being healed now. Someone, I'm telling someone is being healed now. Someone is being healed now. Have you found it? What did I say? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. Actually, it doesn't make sense to start a sentence with till. <laughs> Does it? You can't start the statement or you pick your phone, somebody rings you, said, till we all come to <laughs> So that means it's good to make sense from the preceding verses. 
which talks about, actually, when you read it, verse 11, it says that, and when he ascended on high, he gave, he let captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. To some he gave to be um, to apostles, some he gave to uh, prof, uh, apostles, uh, some he gave prophets, some he gave evangelists, some he gave teachers and pastors. Then verse 12 talks about for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see, he gave the, verse 11, he gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, he gave the teaching pastors for one purpose. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why did he give them for these things? So that, so he gave them to that, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. You see, say perfect man. Please say it again. Anytime you read the Bible and come across the word perfect, particularly in the New Testament, most of the times, it does not necessarily mean faultless. It means it connotes full age, matured. Okay, it connotes maturation or maturity. So we we all come to the uh, to uh, to a perfect man. He's talking about maturity, and then it it goes on to say that to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, we come to a certain measure. So the job of the prophets is not just to prophesy that you are going to get a car, a house, and all that. The job of a prophet, the job of an apostle, the job of a, an evangelist, the job of a teacher fundamentally is, is, to, is to equip the body of Christ, to equip the saints, to prepare the body of Christ, build the body of Christ, so that till we all, so keep doing till, till, so until we get there, we can't stop. So we all come to the unity of faith. When you read the verse 3, it talks about we all have the unity uh, uh, we should, uh, the unity of the spirit. We should, keep the, we should keep the unity of the spirit to the bond of love, okay? A bond of bond of peace. So endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. So we have because once we are born again, watch this. This is important. I explained this one, one some time ago on the TV broadcast. Once we are born again, we intrinsically and inherently have unity, okay? Because it's the same DNA. We have oneness. That the word unity there means oneness. So, no, not this, this second one. I'm talking about verse 3. It's oneness. So, we have oneness. Say, so we have oneness. oneness. So, it has not, that's why it transcends racial boundaries. It transcends gender boundaries. It, it transcends socioeconomic boundaries, cultural boundaries. It does not matter. In Christ, we all are one. All right? It transcends denominational boundaries. It transcends uh, national boundaries. All those things don't matter. We have oneness. And then he, he goes on to enumerate the, what's, what makes us one. He spoke about one faith, one, one unity, one baptism. Uh, sorry, one faith, one, uh, one baptism, uh, one Lord, one Father of all, seven ones. He spoke about all these things. Then he went on to say that, but there's diversity of gifts. And then when he went to the diabetes of gifts, he speaks about how Christ gave gifts, which are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, that we also we all come to the unity. Then he brings that word again, unity. Now the first unity is different from this unity. The first unity is we it already exists, but the second unity comes about as a result of maturation, maturity. So now that means that. That's why all Christians are, don't, don't speak the same language. Some will say, it's okay to do this. Some will say, no, it's okay. Some will say, you have to tie your hair before you pray. Others say, you don't have to tie your hair. Some will say, you have to remove your shoes before you go to church. And, and some are Christians. Some will say, we have to do this. And a slight doctrine are different because we all may not have the unity of faith, but we are getting there. Amen. 
We are, we are getting there. And so when you try to merge all Christians together, say we all have one, we are all speaking one language, it's, it's going to be, it take some time. But the point here is that we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. That's the one I want to say, the perfect man, maturity. A, a perfect man to the measure of the fullness of the nature of Christ. Watch this, the verse 14 is a very serious one. That we no longer, you should no longer, say no longer. No longer. What does that connote? No anymore. What does that mean? That means you used to. Alright. So you have to move on from there. So, so it's okay to be a child for a while. But if you remain a child too long, teaser, becomes a problem. If you remain a child and in a car seat, you know, it's okay to be in a car seat for a while. So except till uh, that we should no longer be children. And it, gave, it gives two major characteristics of children. Not tossed to and fro. So, tossed to, say, tossed to and fro. Tossed. Say it again, please. So, number one characteristic of a child is, is flakiness or inconstant. Children are inconstant. Unstable. Today here, tomorrow there. They are, they'll be jumping and making a lot of noise till they, they lose their job. I'm out of here. Ha! Wait, wait. They'll be very happy and always coming to church shouting till somebody just stepped on their toe. Eh, as for me, this church, nobody likes me. It's a sign of a child. Yeah, it's a child. Children toss to and fro. And the thing that actually affects them is teachings. Anybody at all can say anything and they say, okay, that's good. He said, that's why I said, you need to be taught the foundations and then move on from there. So if you don't get, hey, 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 thank you, Jesus, this is strong, I like that. See, if you don't get strong grips on the basics, you won't grow. And you'll be, un, you'll be flaky. You'll be fickle. You'll be unstable. You'll be inconsistent. You'll be inconstant. Because you have not gotten grips to the basics. See why the basics are important? Yeah. Who you are in Christ is as basic as ABC yeah. in Christianity. Mm. Because everything rises and falls. It's, everything is predicated on your understanding of who you are in Christ. Yeah. 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 Did you see, do you remember he says that for no, no, neither death nor life nor sword nor anything present or to come in Romans chapter 8 verse 35 downwards this is, said nothing can separate us you know you must know this and settle with it in Christ you must see this are basic fundamental nothing not even your sin Aye. what do I mean pastor what do you mean like that see he said when you sin confess it sin and confess it and keep going once you've confessed it you're okay he says that he says that he says that um for if we confess our sins, he's he's what? He's what? He's what? First John 1 9. He's what? He's what? Faithful. What does that mean? Faithful. That means if he doesn't give forgive, if you confess, he's unfaithful. Maybe like a, a, a man leaves the wife and goes somewhere unfaithful. Because you are supposed to stay committed to the deal. It's a deal between you and God. That if you, you confess your sins, he's faithful. Now, not between you and God per se, but between Christ and God. That's why Christ came to die. But, uh, Pastor, if he had only said faithful, that would have been kind of okay. But he went on to use an even stronger judicial word. 
Judicial terminology says it's faithful and just. That means that it's illegal. God doesn't have a choice. He can't say he'll forgive you. It's unjust. Hallelujah. Amen. It's unjust. It's unjust for God to say, I can't forgive. Why? Do you know why? Because your sins have been paid for. I told you in Christianity, it is done. Amen. <laughs> so, 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 so when you know who you are, watch this. When you know who you are, you plug into it and flow with it. Yeah. Um, seriously, this issue of identity is grim. Yeah. We have to reconsider it strongly in church. One of the things we should always boost up in church is people's identity. For you to see when you know who you are, because that's what actually God has made you in Christ. So, no longer toss to and fro. Paul says something which is very disturbing. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, he said, you know what? I could not feed you with meat. I had to feed you with milk. Brethren, I could not speak to you like spi- uh, uh, to, to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal. As babes in Christ. See, see babes in Christ, carnal. Ba- so you are in Christ, but carnal. You are in Christ, but babe. And so he said, that pro- prevented me from communicating some deep spiritual truths to you. Because you c- and he said, look at verse 2. He said, I fed you with what? Milk. Because you are in, uh, in, uh, in diapers. I fed you, or pampers, I fed you with milk and not solid food. See, spiritually, there is milk and there is solid food. For until now. You see, I like this kind of uh, phrases. Until now. So it's taking too long up to now. Until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. You can't take it in. Some spiritual understanding, spiritual revelations can be given to certain people. God, they can't take it. It doesn't matter. You can be, you can, you can be an emeritus of English, uh, of literature, very professor of literature, and still spiritual things are different. You can have intelligibility, but it doesn't mean you have insight and comprehension. Paul talks about that. You'll be able to comprehend. That's a different thing altogether. And verse 3 said, For you are still carnal. And how did he define people who are carnal? For where there are envy, strife, divisions amongst you, are you not still carnal? Envy. Hey, yeah, don't tell me this one. This one. And then some people are so which is shameful. I can't stand it. I can't understand how some Christians can be so shameful and be fighting with one another. Hey, and reach your voice. You Christians. Christian. Bible said that the man of God must not contend. See, 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 church, when you see people gossiping and behaving like that, it's a reflection that they are mere men. Did you see that? Yeah. Huh? Did you see that? Mere, mere men. Somebody say mere men. Yeah. So, so, be, be careful who advises you. And when somebody comes complaining about another person and doing some things, be careful who you are talking because maybe you are more mature and the person is just mere, say mere, mere men. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say it. Behaving like what do you say? Me and men. Envy, strife, jealousy. See, you come in Bible school doesn't mean you are growing. No, Bible school is not a fresh spiritual growth. 
spiritual growth has to do with everything you are doing. Bible said that it said, it said that meat, strong meat in Hebrews chapter twelve, chapter five, verse thirty and forty. It says strong meat belongs to those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised by reason of use. Today, I'm the incredible hawk. No, it doesn't come. It comes by exercise. By reason of exercise, have their senses. uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. Who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern between good and evil. Skillful in the word of righteousness. Growth. Please. Never let anybody trap you into this pediatric Christian behavior. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm tired today. I'm today. I'm like this. Oh, every time grumbling and complaining, it uh, it chokes your testimonies. Angels see you coming and they are concerned. <laughs> see, when you don't know who you are in Christ, you become prone to all kinds of things. The second thing I didn't get a chance to tell you about Ephesians chapter, chapter 4 verse 14 uh, about child, childishness. He says that so that you not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And then he went on to say that carry it about. <laughs> you carried me about, you know. <laughs> oh, you know. And by the trickery of men, children are very gullible. Gullible, undiscerning. Someone is standing before you crying, so you think the person is right. <laughs> I don't know why. Nobody likes me. <laughs> Say, if you alone, nobody likes you. <laughs> Chances are that you probably have to check yourself. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, Follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.